Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hey, Joe. I see, uh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> oh, okay. I hear you now. <laughs> All right. I had, to get, I had to get my daughter in here to fix it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No problem. Yeah, I hear you real good now. Oh, good. Um, yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if you had a, uh, just a, maybe a weak signal. Sometimes that's usually the case with some people I've had on here. Sometimes their signal is not the best or, or it's just a, a simple error where you have to just go back out and come back in sometimes. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she had to come here and figure it out for me. Yeah, uh, the problems we were having earlier, uh, cause see, I'm using, I'm actually using my phone to do this, uh, through the app I have. And, and my brother kept messaging me and I said, I, I told my brother, I said, stop, I'm trying to do something. You're dis uh, he was interrupting my connection. <laughs> so I had to actually block, block him on messenger. So he kept messing up, <laughs> but, uh, well, well, here we are. <laughs> um, well, welcome for one thing. I'm glad you're, you were able to make it on here and, uh, agreed to do this. Uh, um, well, you know, uh, I, I try to look into you. I try to, you know, I always try to do some, just some simple basic research on, on, um, who I have come on. And, uh, now if I'm not mistaken, if I'm, uh, you are from Texas, is that correct? Yes, sir. East Texas, east of Dallas, about 50 miles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I got some other friends down there. Like I was telling you earlier, I'm, one of my panel members, uh, is from Texas. Her name is Nikki, uh, Nikki Cologne. She's actually, uh, in very bad condition right now um you know she was uh she was actually put into the hospital uh being treated from uh, pneumonia and of course it had something to do with according to her doctors they diagnosed her with covid but but they're treating her with something to do with pneumonia so i, I don't know i hope she recovers i know she was in pretty bad pain and feeling real sick so you know where, where is she at uh, she is from, hold on, El Paso, I believe. Oh, she's way west of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, she's from El Paso, yeah. So, um, one of my other former uh, panel members uh, that used to be uh, participate on my other podcast, uh, he lives all the way down in East Texas, down over there in um, Beeville, Beeville, Texas, or Beeville County. That's, that's more southeast of me. Yeah, south. Okay. All right. Very cool. So, now, well, if, you you are, go, if, you hit, if you hit Dallas and go straight across towards Louisiana, you'll go right through Kemp. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So, I, yeah, I know Texas is a very, very large state. So, now, now Nikki, when she's on here, yeah, because she's she's actually two hours behind in, uh, you know, in time you're only an hour behind so which is actually uh, you know it takes me a while to get used to these uh uh the different time zones you know as much as i've been dealing with people in different time zones you you still never get it right i i, I have trouble remembering i have to check on things myself sometimes so i used to drive a truck 48 states and boy it was tough keeping a logbook every time you change the time zone <laughs> oh my now, when you drove a truck, was it uh, did uh, did you have electronic login or did you, you have to do it in the book? Oh no, I'm old fashioned. I did the old paper logs. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And see, now I'm not a tractor trailer driver, but you know, I drive a, a straight truck and I deliver, I'm all over the state of Virginia. You know, we go to West Virginia and down by Tennessee, you know, depending on where the deliveries are, you know, and I've been up to Pennsylvania, but, um, see we have the, you know, when we log in, we have, uh, well, we have a work phone and there's an app on there. We have to download, you know, log into that. And well, <laughs> well, the new company, oh, we got, we just got bought out by another company. So we're they're supposed to be giving us some kind of tablet. Um, yeah, right. we're, yeah. Ferguson, the Ferguson enterprises owns us now. Now they, they have regular uh, over the road drivers. Um, but, uh, I'm just a local, I'm a non-CDL driver, so I drive an international uh, with a 26-foot flatbed, you know, six-speed, mm-hmm. so nothing, nothing fancy, <laughs> nothing compared to those big rigs, <laughs> so, um, yeah, my older sister drives a big rig, she's, um, she drives, she lives up in Rhode Island, so, yeah, but uh, I bet driving, I bet being a trucker, though, you, you've got to see quite a bit, huh? Yeah, most when I tell people that I've been through all forty-eight states, they think I've seen a lot. Most of the time, I was just driving through them states. Well, <laughs> I didn't yeah. get time to stop and look around, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got destinations <laughs> and times, and I, I totally understand that. So, um, yeah, but that's cool, though. You know, uh, do you do you miss it? Uh, sometimes, but. Uh, I've got grandkids now, and I do spend time with my grandkids. Yeah, I only had that one—the uh, one I sent you there uh, last night—and tell you what, you know, it's a uh, yep. grandkids are something else. They're amazing, though. You know, that little guy I have—he's only seven months old, but he's a lot of fun and a lot of joy to have. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of work too. He looks healthy. He's healthy. What's that? He looks healthy. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, he uh. Uh, he loves to eat too, so <laughs> he's a, he's a chunky little guy. But <laughs> yeah, I joke around, call him the uh, he, he, uh, his little chunky legs. He's got like the Michelin Tire Man legs. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so well, Joe. Uh, you know, I'll tell you this. Uh, I thought I'd go ahead and uh, get into this. Uh, I, I'm just curious to start this off with though. How long have you been involved with uh, Bigfoot research? Well, as far as what I'm doing now, I started in uh, May of 2019, I believe it was. Okay. As far as, you know, because I retired, you know, so, and me and my buddy go out camping all the time anyway. So my wife says, well, when y'all are out camping, why don't y'all just go ahead and, you know, look for Bigfoot. Yeah, there you so, go. I said, all right, you know, it's cool. Yep. But the first time we ever went out, we didn't videotape or nothing, man. We just went out looking, you know. Mm. And then my wife came up with the idea, says, why don't you start making videos and putting them on YouTube of your search for Bigfoot? And she also came up with the name Squatch and Cowboy. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I had to add that into the little promo I put up last night. So. <laughs> Yeah, she said you're just a squirting cowboy, and it kind of stuck, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. But cool. like, I've been, I've been doing the YouTube thing for, I've been doing the YouTube thing for, like, say May of 2019. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, you. Uh, 
Now, do you have a lot? Uh, I even though it's been you know short time, have you been uh, have you uh, been picked up by you know a lot of people? Like a lot of people starting to follow you already, or? Oh uh, yeah, I've got almost thirteen hundred subscribers now, and oh wow, I'm getting yeah, I'm, I'm getting uh, I'm getting just about every day somebody want me to come on their podcast or broadcast or whatever you call it, cool. and uh, I got another one this Thursday night. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you what, for, for you know, you, you started this up a year ago and, you know, and here you are, you got 1,300 people, man. I've had my YouTube channel for what, <clears throat> since 2012, 2013. Shoot, and I only got 2,600 people. <laughs> 2,600, yeah, 2,660 uh, people. So, that's, that's good. Yeah. For this subject, for but, the Bigfoot subject, I think when you get that many subscribers, you're doing really good. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the thing is, you know, like, oh, I mean, me, my YouTube channel, my numbers compared to yours, like, man, you're pretty, you've gotten pretty big in a short period of time. So, I mean, that's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, well, I think, I just think a lot of people are tired of watching videos. And people taking pictures of videotaping dark spots in the bushes. <laughs> taking pictures, yeah. Taking pictures of tree stumps. Well, you know, I've hoping stuff and Right. And it's funny that you mentioned that because you know, when uh that, that's a, like if you look through the videos on my channel, I have a lot of field videos and uh in my field videos, are, I, I try to make them educational, you know, as far as when I'm out there exploring and stuff like that. I, I look at – I don't, per se, look for directly Bigfoot stuff. I always point out wildlife stuff. You know, like, uh, we have a lot of bears up here in Virginia. Bears, black bears, there's tons of them. And, you know, and I, I'm very well familiar and acquainted with a lot of the other wildlife. And so when I'm out and about, I'm always looking for wildlife signs. And then, you know, and then if it's, if it's something different, you know, if it's something different from what is known, it's, it's going to stand out, you know, um, regardless exactly. if it's a possible structure, you know, because that's one thing I always tell people. And, I, and, and people hear me talk about a lot of this in my videos. I was like, you know, if, if I wanted to be the same like everybody else, I could like, look, there, that's a Bigfoot structure. I can't. But yeah, exactly. me being me, I was like, well, I can't call it a Bigfoot structure because I didn't see Bigfoot build it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I always use possibilities. I say, well, if I find something that looks interesting, very fascinating, um, like, okay, well, that looks like that may have been built by hands. But then again, by saying that, well, we can't rule out another person or human. So, you know. So, but yeah, I always tell people Bigfoot should always be our last conclusion or, you know, or last, you know, whatever. So, um, but yeah, that's good though. Cause you know, and I, I also think that, you know, maybe people find my videos boring cause you know, I'm not out trying to say, oh, look, there's a Bigfoot walking into or standing there. You know, I've seen some things out there before, but you know, I'm not gonna, if I'm not sure, if I'm not positive, I mean, I'm not going to say, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a Bigfoot right there, you know. You know, if you can't see yeah, it. Yeah, like some of, the, some of the tracks that I've found, I can't say 100% that 
that that was a Bigfoot. But then I tell myself, what else could it be? Because that one big track I found down at Sabine River Bottoms, I mean, there was briars, snakes, <laughs> bugs, walls, poison ivy. <laughs> Who's going? It's, 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 I'm just wandering out in the woods. Now, somebody's going to fake that. Why would they put that out in the woods in that spot where nobody goes? The way I think about if people's going to hope something, they're going to put where they know it's going to be found. Right. Exactly. Nobody's going to be walking out there in the woods where I was and put that footprint there. Exactly. Now, do you uh, do you do you take pictures of stuff like that? You when you come across them? Yes. Oh, okay. There's pictures in the in the Sabine River bottom ones. I took pictures of it and you know stills and videotape it. Which you know, the, I'm sure you know. Pictures don't do a footprint justice. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, especially when you see what you see in person, you can see details. You can see the impression, the shape, everything. And then, like you know, a lot of times, I mean, I got a real good camcorder where I do a lot of my filming. But you know, if I want to be simple and lightweight, I just carry my phone with me and turn the camera on that way, or take a pic- snap a picture or two, you know. And I try to catch it at different angles, so hoping that maybe it might show what I'm seeing in person, you know. And yeah. and I always tell people, I said, yeah, if I'm recording something, I'm like, well, you guys may not be seeing what I'm seeing in person. And I said, I know the camera or these pictures are not doing any justice. So, yeah, I'm very well acquainted or very familiar with how how things appear on camera. So, <laughs> but, uh, you in know. The one it, down in the Sabine, the Sabine River Bottoms, there was actually three tracks there, but it was kind of like – up a hill and it kind of leveled off and went back up the hill. And the first track I found, what made me notice it was it looked like something stepped there and slipped because it had flooded down there, you know, a couple of weeks before I went down there. So it was still muddy down there. And then the track, you can see where, where it stepped half of the track kind of caved in on the right <laughs> side of the track, it caved in. But the, the first track looked like it slipped. And then the second track, he stepped up on a level spot that looks like the right foot. That's the one I got pictures of. And the third one was up on the hill and it looked like it slipped. So the two tracks you couldn't make heads or tails out of really, but that one track, that's the one that I went, Oh my God, look at this. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it was 15 inches long maybe, but you know, it's muddy out there. When you step in mud, you know, it expands a little bit. So, Oh it might yeah, not have been actually fifteen foot. I mean, fifteen inches. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely anxious to check. Uh, yeah, see that if you get, later after we get off, if you uh, get a chance, definitely uh, send me that if you can, or it, if you have it on Facebook, I, could, I I might be able to find it if you have it under your pictures. But um, I'll send you. Now. I'll send you. Send it to you. And then the ones when I went to Oklahoma, they look like a juvenile print, and I just bought this Canon T3i camera, so I wasn't used to all the bells and whistles on it. Still right. ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. <laughs> but I stepped across this little creek. The creek was about maybe two feet wide, you know, and the water. It rained up there a couple weeks ago, and so the water was running down through there. And I seen an impression, and I got to looking at it, and it looked like a, a kid's footprint. But it was, you know, it was, half of it was in the water. So I couldn't catch it because half of it was in the water. 
And I had something. I I thought I was taking pictures of it with my cam- camera. And I put my hand down beside it and everything, showed the size and everything. But apparently I wasn't taking pictures of it because I didn't have any pictures. And then I walked on back around the trail, and there's four more, uh, three more in the creek. You can see in the video, you can barely make them out in the creek. But the one print in the video that I put an arrow around it where you can see where the footprint is. And you can see the hill, and it goes up, and the toes kind of fade out. But you can actually see the hill, and it was about six or seven inches long. And I'm out in the middle of the woods. I mean, this is private property. The only time that there's people down there is they lease it out for deer season in the in the uh, winter time for two weeks, and they, the kid people have, they have three thousand acres down there. It's family owned land, and they don't have kids, so huh. I don't know how the little footprints got down there. So, yeah, uh, uh, do you? Uh, do you go into Oklahoma? Uh, do you go in there a lot to look around, to explore? I just got back from there. That's what my new videos are about. There's it's an eight part video, and uh, oh, okay. there's some. It's uh, Bigfoot back in Oklahoma. Ah, okay. I, the reason I'm asking um, about how much time you spend in Oklahoma, I'm not for sure if you're familiar. Well, you you might even know them. That that you probably have them on your Facebook, but uh. Do you know Shane Church and Brian Hoolan? Yes. I don't know okay. personally about them from Facebook. I was gonna say those uh, those two boys, uh they they um they've explored, you know, um Oklahoma quite a bit. I know Oklahoma's a big state as well, but uh I'm not sure particularly what area, but um I know they've have come across some pretty decent tracks in Oklahoma. Um and, yeah, and I you see, know I see them. Yeah, and I've heard some other stories, not just from them, but, you know, there's been uh, other reports. Uh, Oklahoma seems to carry Sasquatch. I mean, there's people finding um, some, you know, pretty uh, fascinating tracks. Uh, people people are seeing, you know, having sightings out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not familiar what part of uh, the area is, you know. So, uh, Southeast, Southeast Oklahoma. Oh, Okay. Well, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Area X. That's where back what's there, that? I forget what the date was. Area X, which is Hanobi. And, oh, okay. Uh, this place that I go to is, is probably 20 miles northwest of Hanobi. But that's where they had that big old, where they where they said that all them cowermen or whatever it was slaughtered a bunch of uh, Bigfoot back in like in the 1800s or whatever it was. Yeah, I think I've heard that. It sounds a little familiar. We, we stayed down there for six days. That's the first trip we went on to search for Bigfoot. We stayed down there six days. And it was supposed to be cool. And a heat wave came in. There. It was like 90 degrees every day. Man, you, you, it's just hard to do anything in 90 degree weather. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man, yeah. Now, well, you know, I don't know how the activity works down that way. Um, like the up here, like I've always, you know, I've always shared people uh, with people the the most active times of year, and you know, other people have shared and collaborated with pretty much very similar to the almost the same. Um, you know, um, as far as 
you know, uh, like up here, here on in Virginia, you know, early to mid spring, you know, it's really where it's nice and comfortable. It's not hot, but it's not cold either. It's just that just almost a perfect temperature. And then early to mid fall, um, you know, but I know you, you, you know, being down in Texas, I know, I know you guys get a lot warmer weather, you know, than we do up here. So, I mean, um, of course you guys just have, yeah, you guys have that dry heat, you know, <laughs> attempts. But, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Cause like, I never really asked too many people. I mean, this is kind of, I don't know. I feel stupid asking it, but do you guys experience the different seasons as far as temperature wise? Like, like what's yeah. the coolest temperature? Yeah, what's the coolest temperature it gets down there? Uh, well, just recently it was down to 28. And oh, when, okay. When it gets below 60, it's cold down here. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know it got that cold. Yeah, 28. I mean, that's usually what we've been getting up here overnight, you know, low twenty, you know, low to mid-20s, you know, but... <laughs> But uh, well, it could be actually, it could be twenty eight it could be twenty eight at night and sixty six during the day. Oh wow, yeah. We uh, over this past weekend we had a heat wave. It got into the uh, almost the upper fifties. I was like, wow, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, after all the cold weather we've been getting up here, you know. So, but uh, yeah, I just recently went out. Uh, I went out yesterday to go pick up one of my trail cameras, and uh, the, I left out there back when I went hunting back in November. And, uh, is it, you know, so it's been out there for almost two months, you know, but, uh, you know, well, after I picked it up, I did look around, I found some impressions and stuff, but, you know, a lot of deer impressions and stuff. And, um, and I saw this one impression, well, actually two, but one in particular had me puzzled. It looked like a very clear indentation of toes, fairly large looking toes. Now, you know, and, and I have to be careful looking at this because, you know, I've seen bear tracks where their toes almost look human, you know, depending on how they're stepping. Uh, but in, yeah, in this particular uh, in, uh, indention, you could clearly make out toes, but there was no pad, you know, and no no other shape but the toes. So I got to thinking, I was like, well, I said, this has got to be a bear track. But then again, I got to thinking, well, what if it was a Bigfoot? You know, maybe he was running in that. Maybe when he stepped down, the toes was the only part that made it down. <laughs> you know, I don't know, you know, but it, it was very interesting. Yeah. So, but I then I was considering, I was like weighing in more on the bear because I was looking at all the other impressions in the area and they were a little bit smaller and, you know, probably about the size of maybe a little bit smaller than my hand. You know, or if I make a fist, they were more accurate, more closer to the shape of my fist. Yeah. So, and I got to look and I said, well, these are going to be small, small. These are small bear tracks. I said, maybe that's a mama bear passing through here with some young, you know. But uh, so I don't know. But apparently my trail camera wasn't, they didn't go by my trail camera. The only thing I picked up my trail camera was a couple deer and a big gray squirrel. <laughs> so, but, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a hit and a miss. A lot of people are down on trail cameras and everything. And the way I think about it is one of these days, that old Bigfoot's going to slip up and I want to be ready for him, you know? And see, and, exactly. That's that's the way I think, too. That's exactly, you know, because 
everyone's like, people tell me, well, you're wasting time with trail cameras. I said, well, it's not just for trying to capture Bigfoot. I like to study and observe wildlife because there's species of wildlife that we have up here in the forest that the, 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 the authorities say we don't have. I want to capture one of them, you know. Yeah. I mean, we got wolves up here, but the thing is, and I seen one chasing a deer in broad daylight, and uh, it was huge. And it, when I saw that for the first time, you know, I was like, that was not no coyote. That was huge. It was bigger than a German shepherd. And I said, we have, uh, we have red bulls up here. And, yeah, they get, they get to be about 82 pounds, 82, 83 pounds. So, um, um, and then we have, uh, it's a matter of time. I hope to capture a mountain lion one of these days. I seen one back in 2015, you know, uh, about, a, a, about a mile from where I, my trail camera was. Um, you know, and I picked a, I have picked up bobcats on my cameras before, but only twice. But, uh, so yeah, when I put my cameras out there, I'm, you know, I, I want to capture whatever I can, you know, and see how they behave and what's passing through that area. And another bobcat uh, on the trail cam, one of my trail cams, I had a picture in daylight of a bobcat walking down a trail carrying a squirrel. In its mouth. Oh yeah. I wow. mean, how many times are you gonna see that? Yeah, no, that's see, that's natural that's natural geographic stuff right there. A predator then, catching its prey, you know. And then I had a <laughs> this is this sounds funny, but it seemed like the coyote knew my camera was there, but because it, it walked out from the woods and went right to the trail where my because I post put my trail cams like over a trail because I think that the Bigfoot might just cross across the trail, you know. Anyway, right. the coyote Come right out in the middle of the trail and uh, took a dump right there, right in front of my camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he was telling you what he felt, uh, what he felt about your camera. <laughs> well, that's what, I, that's what I put in my my in my thumb. I mean, in my description of my video, it says, "And a coyote tells me what he thinks of my video." <laughs> <laughs> Man, why can't why can't you uh, you know? You know, we, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could at least catch a Bigfoot doing that? Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least you have documentation of what's doing it, leaving the DNA and like, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one thing I was always told is if you could ever see a Bigfoot leaving what could be possible DNA, there's your that makes the evidence more more uh, acceptable, more uh, conclusive, you know. Yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying about the cameras, you know, uh, a lot of people say, well, Bigfoot could see the infrared and, you know, or, or some people say, oh, they could hear it, you know. Now the infrared, yeah, I can understand even deer, even deer see the infrared. Bears uh, will see infrared. I mean, I've had a, I had a bear tear my camera off the, uh, off the tree, but it was still hanging. It was, you know, I, cause when I first found my, uh, this is several years ago, uh, one of my old trail cameras, I was when I was approaching, I said, what the heck? I walked up to it because, you know, well, from the distance, I seen like, what the heck is that shining over there? I said, and I walked over there. There was the whole face of my camera opened up and it was the batteries that were shining. They were exposed. So, uh, yeah, one of, the, one of the brackets in the back were broke off. And so it was just barely hanging on the tree. So uh, I took it, got it home and I looked through it and I had, you know, I had uh, a, a small young coyote on there. And I'm going through. I said, what's all these dark, blurry, smudgy Im images here? I can't even make it out. And 
there was something bl- dark and black up against it. And I had an idea what it was. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, did a Bigfoot do this? You know, but then also I'm going through the pictures and I see some bear cubs in the area. I said, ah, mama bear saw the infrared and got ticked off. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, ir- it must have irritated mama. I think so, they can also <laughs> smell the batteries in. Well, yeah, that and, you know, plus, you know, bears have, you know, they have a good keen sense of smell as well. And, you know, us from us touching it, you know, I'm sure it has our scent on it. Right. But, um, but you know, well, you know, I, I, I just think it's a matter of time, you know, having them set up there, set up somewhere in the right place and time, you know, time plays a lot of, you know, so, but I mean, my thing is I, I'm a little bit more cautious with my cameras now I, you know, um, I had a couple cameras set up in one area where I do, a, you know, do some uh, deer hunting. And uh, I've had hunters walk by my cameras and, and acknowledge them, even pose and smile and go about their business and n- never touch them. You know, because, you know, you got people that will respect stuff, knowing it's somebody's stuff, you know. But uh, there was one day I went out there. I had two trail cameras. They were only about maybe 20 feet apart, you know, and facing different angles. And I go out there. I walk all the way in the back in the woods. I was like, and I'm looking around. I said, what the heck? I said, I know this is a tree I had it on. And the other one was right over there. Yeah, they were missing. Somebody took them, you know. And, yeah, and they took a big branch and threw it over. I had a burlap, uh, camouflage burlap wrapped around some trees where I had my ground blind set up at. Yeah, there was a big old giant limb tossed on top of it. I said, like, either that just naturally fell. Somebody could have thrown that, you know, seen all this. Who knows? Could have been game warden walking back there. But the game wardens right here is, it's very rare that they walk that far in the woods. I had them pretty far down in the woods. You know, the only people that go back there is other hunters that pass through there. Cause if you pass through there, it'll bring you out to a trail that runs along the river. But so, but yeah, it was disappointing. I was upset cause one was one of my old original cameras and one was a fairly newer one at the time. Uh, it was, it wasn't really cheap either, but <laughs> so, but so now, yeah, when I put my cameras out now, I try to somewhat disguise them. And um, in some occasions, too, and I got this idea from my buddy Tracy, who lives about three hours south of me. Um, you know, now he, he did a video a long time ago taking his trail cameras and actually uh, disguised them with uh, tree bark, you know, up against the, you know, like on the ground, tucked underneath other down trees yeah. and also using moss. Yeah, moss. If you could get some moss and and coat it with moss and stuff too, that there's the way he did it, it looked great. And I still have yet to really try those. I haven't done that, but well, there's a YouTube video but, out of a guy that was he would get tree bark and glue it to his uh, trail camera just so people couldn't see it. But we try, right? We try to, we try to get out there, like get the four wheeler and back up to the tree. And I, I'm six three, so I'll put that trail camera up as high as I can and put like a stick behind it so it points down a little bit. So right. not, not just anybody can come up there and reach up there and grab it, you know. Unless they want to climb up the tree. Oh, yeah. It's like put it up as high as I can to keep other people, especially short people, to come out there and get my trail camera. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now see that's a good idea too, getting it up higher, angling down. Um I 
I somewhat done uh, have tried that, but you know, I really I have a bad habit of setting them up about you know, you know, around five feet, you know, or sometimes I've played around trying to set them even low, real low, you know. Um, I just but it's, it's, you know, like I said, I, I try not to put anything to eye level because it's oh, okay, like a deer hunter, and I'm not most deer hunters I've met won't. Won't mess with them, you know. They they respect your stuff, but there's you know there's gonna be some idiot out there that's gonna see your trail camera and say, "Hey, I'm taking that," you know. Yeah. But most people respect. It. Oh yeah, it's like see where I go exploring. It's national forest, you know. Um, now the thing is, game boards will tell you, uh, you know, as far as you're not supposed to put a tree stand out there and leave it. Shoot, there's I could take you, like way deep in the woods and show you where there's tree stands that stay there year round and they're used because there's people that put them there. You can tell when people go, uh, you know, if they've been through there or not, because they, sometimes they remark the area, you know, cause you know, the hunters put the little fluorescent tabs on trees or yeah. mark. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, you go back and you'll see new markings and stuff, you know, and, but, uh, shoot, I've had my father, I took my father way back in the woods and he's, you know, I was surprised he came as far back as he did because dad's got bad knees, you know. Well, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had one of his knees I've replaced. Been, I've had one knee replaced. My right knee has been replaced, and my left knee needs to be replaced. I'm just keep putting it off and putting it off. Yeah, that sounds like dad because my mom's always after him. He's like, you got the insurance. If the insurance covers everything, why don't you just go get it done with <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, my surgery, my surgery went really good and everything. It was the rehab that that sucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny because Dad, he, uh, I remember when he had his. They kept him overnight, but they let him go the next day, and he was already walking. He was, uh, well, you know, when they sent him home, he had a walker, you know. Yeah, and then uh, he didn't have to walk too long because you know they. They wanted, you know, they said, you got to stay moving. You got to stay moving. Yeah. You got to try to keep moving because you get that all, whatever, how they, whatever that they did in his knee. Cause you know, his knees were basically bone to bone. You know, it was, the cartilage was gone. That was mine. You know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what dad's always telling me. He says, take care of yourself while you're young. He says, take care of your joints, you know, get healthy. <laughs> You know, Dad spent thirty years on the uh, almost yeah thirty years on the assembly line for General Motors. You know, and all the machinery. Okay. He says back when he was working on the assembly line, he told me he said we didn't have all the robotics. We had a big heavy handheld machinery. We used to have to use <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. jolting and you know. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, so yeah, um, but you know, Dad does get out there in the woods with me every chance he gets. You know, he loves being out there. You know. His main thing is put him in front of a campfire, and that's his thing. He, he's a campfire out in the woods. That's his favorite part of it all, you know. Well, but, you're um, out there it doesn't mean you can't enjoy yourself. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and when I've taken people out there with me, you know, you know, we'll explore during the daytime, and then right there, the one of my main camps here, you know, I was like, I said, you guys, we don't have to go nowhere. I said, when it gets dark. It's a different world out here. It's all the wildlife, everything turns, you know, comes out. It gets active. And there's one particular area where I like to try to get. I don't always get to get that spot when I bring people out there because, 
it's primitive camping, but it's a hit and miss because a lot of other people like to go out there and camp, you know, and the spots are, they're not that, they're not close together. They're pretty well spaced apart, but you know, I was like, when we come out there, I said, just listen. I said, you know, listen to the different sounds and, you know, and then there's certain particular sounds I tell them to listen for, you know, um, per- mainly the owls because at nighttime, I said the barred owls, when they start communicating together, I love it. It's something, yeah. I, and I, I told them, I said, listen to that. I said, I said, when they start communicating together, I said, I don't know what it is, but I've noticed there's always been activity that follows their their vocals. I, uh, it, you know, I don't know, like I don't know if they're so- get angry at each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they, yeah, they have some god awful screams and yells that will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah. If you're not familiar with the different tones of an owl, yeah, they will, you know, freak you out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because I had people out there in the woods, uh, well, actually sitting at camp there about 10 o'clock at night, and it's been quiet, you know, we got the fire going, and all of a sudden, it sounded like bloody murder yelling. I mean, the way it's, the way they sound off sometimes, to catch you off guard, like, I had people jump up, like, dude, did you hear that? I said, yeah, it's just an owl. I said, I've, I, I've heard it, you know, millions of times. Now, don't get me wrong, when I first heard, when I first heard it, it had me like really freaking out because I didn't know what the heck it was when I first ever heard that sound, but I learned because, <laughs> you know, that's one thing I'm always researching wildlife. If there's something about wildlife, I don't know, I'm going to find out about it. You know, you know, so, I'll tell you what else makes it. Uh, that's a bobcat. Bobcat can make some I've only, noises. I've only heard a bobcat one time many years ago, camping out there in about two miles from my main camp area. It's all same forest, but you know, a couple miles away, and uh, I didn't know what the heck that was. I, I, you know, I really didn't know what it was. It, it was it very close, and I noticed whatever it was made me make sure that fire got bigger because <laughs> uh, I wasn't armed. I, I didn't have no Bowie knife, no sidearm, but you know, don't get me wrong, I carry a sidearm every time I go out now mm-hmm. because you know, you know, it's just a. Uh, because being on National Forest, that's one of the reasons why I went and got my concealed carry permit. Because even outside of hunting season, you can't carry a gun on National Forest unless you have a permit. Yeah. So and that's one thing I made sure I went and got my permit. I carry. Yeah. And I, I started I off carrying my 45. I don't uh-huh. carry because of Bigfoot. I carry because of all the Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I've had people tell me, yo, why are you going to carry a gun? You know, they think your intentions are to go shoot a Bigfoot. I said, are you going to come out the woods by yourself unarmed, knowing that there's other wild animals out here? I said, there's, you know, you know, bobcats might be sm- uh, fairly small, but they they're, they could be very, pretty vicious. Uh, you know, you got coyotes, wolves, there's mountain lions out here. I said, you know, all the, and now bears, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, black bears, I've had a lot of encounters with black bears up here, some close and, you know, some distant, but every encounter with a black bear I've ever had, you know, by the time I saw them or they've already acknowledged me, they're going in a different direction, you know, and, uh, and that's the thing, black bears don't like to be bothered, they're very skittish, but you never know, you might have that one that just might, you know, uh, you just might want to be aggressive, you know, or especially if it's a mama bear and there's cubs nearby, you know, 
Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to outrun a bear because bears run, they'll run 30 miles an hour, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've seen bears drop out of a tree and book it. I mean, they're faster than me. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm only, that's the one thing I always try to tell people. I said, you got to, you just got to be careful because, you know, people didn't realize how much I go out in the woods, you know, alone all the time. And, uh, but uh, I love it though because, you know, you don't have someone else there, you know, talking while you're trying to listen or or like you know there's been several times i've taken my daughter out there with me and i was like you know when she was a little younger i was like when i stop i was like i always tell her to stop and then you know sometimes she has a bad habit she'll keep talking i uh, keep talking uh, walking and i was like Brianna, stop you know <laughs> i was like i'm trying to listen you know all people like to go out <laughs> with a group of people i like to try to keep it small like it, when it first started out, me and Kenny Collard doing this, and then my wife got into it. She's about to retire, and we're going to start traveling. And so I just like it with me and my wife go, or me and Kenny go, you know, because we can get quiet real quick. But a group of people, you know, you might be quiet, and some of them might not hear you and keep on talking, and you know. So I just, I like to keep it, you know, just a couple of people. That's about it. Right, and that's a good thing too. Sometimes I go out by myself, and people people yeah. say, "Don't do that." Well, you know, I'm I'm not really scared of Bigfoot. I I I think they can sense that. And I'm not going to do right. no harm. You know, I don't know. I, nobody knows what they think, but you know, there's a thing as an expert. Nobody knows. Exactly. It's just like bones. I mean, people say, "How can you never find any bones?" I don't know what a bigfoot bone looks at. I've run across bones in the woods all the time. I don't know if it's a bigfoot. Bone. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I come across. Yeah. Same here. I come across a lot of bones. Of course, I mean, a lot of the bones I come across, I can usually identify them because there's leftover oh, fur yeah. to of the remains. You know, the stuff like that I could identify. You know, I've come across old deer bones in in you know in, in the woods where they're so old you know and this is one thing this is one of the things i explain to people because people you know i like you brought that question up i get questioned like that a lot and nature over a period of time will develop a you know uh what i call its own natural blanket one you got the leaf litter the pine litter depends on the type of forest you have in your area you know when the seas have changed your leaves drop down you get a new coating that covers whatever might have been there. Um, And then with bones, like up here, you know, like just like the Pacific Northwest where rains, they get a lot of rain out there. You know, we get a lot of rain up here in Virginia, you know, throughout the year. And and the National Forest, I mean, there's a lot of areas where even all your trees are covered in moss and your stones get covered in moss. Same thing, I've learned that about bones. Bones develop, you know, a growth on them where – they start getting mossed over. They they become so old. They become a part of the ground. They become a part of nature. You know, and you know I've accidentally came across bones one time. They were covered in moss. You know, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what do you got here? I said, oh, okay. You know, uh, small deer bones. You know, you know, because <laughs> sometimes you can find either the parts of their jaw bones or something in there where you could identify the rest of it. You know, but um. 
But yeah, my main thing is coming across a lot of different scat. You know, I come across bear scat all the time. Uh, you know, coyote scat. You know, fox scat. You know, and uh, you know, and I do examine a lot. You know, if it's a big enough pile of scat, whatever. And if I see the scat that's got hair in it, you know, if, regardless if it's from a coyote, I was like, oh, what have they been eating? You know, same thing with bear poop. I know I people think it's gross, but I'll take a stick and I'll poke through it, you know, see what they're eating in that area. So okay, they got berries, they got their seeds, you know. Yep. Um so you know, I've seen um, you know, I know they get in the bears get into the creeks, they eat crawfish. I've seen cross uh crawfish crustaceans and small little bones, same thing in coyotes. I see small rodent bones and stuff in their scat, you know. Uh, Shoot, I've even seen yeah, I even found bear hair in coyote scat, you know. So either they're hunting down bears or they're eating. A, they found a bear that's died out there somewhere, you know. So, <laughs> but um, but it's been educational. That's the way I look at it. You know, the whole Bigfoot thing to me is a, you know I'm learning as I you know, you know. There's so much. There's a lot that we think we already know about all these different wildlife. But you know, I'll, I'll be uh, you know spending that time out there. I'll be sixty-one next month, and I still uh-huh. don't know everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fu- funny you say that because you know, there's I know people, you know, you know, cl- about your age that you know claim, yeah, there's people out there that they say they're not an expert, but everything you you know you ask them, they're going to tell you what is what is you know, especially about Bigfoot because. We don't know nothing about Bigfoot. We really don't, except that he's hairy and he leaves footprints right. in some places, you know. you know. Um, I mean, I guess it's a part of all of us that wants to think we know something about Bigfoot. Well, but I think, I think we all basically, need, it's our own conclusion. I do think we all need to work, you know, your channel, my channel, everybody's channel. I think everybody needs to work together and, and not be so, oh, I'm going to be the first one to find him and I'm not telling anybody nothing. <laughs> I know it's kind of like I know the way I think of it is kind of like some people look at it as a race, you know, kind of like uh, you know, like who's gonna get there first or get you know, or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want all, all I'm in this for is I want to see one, and I want to videotape it and share it with other people. I that's it. Oh you yeah, know? I just want to see one, and I may never see one, you know, but. I'm going to put myself out there where I can, you know? Right. Absolutely. Always, and then, and then people always tell me, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. People always tell me you can't find Bigfoot. Bigfoot finds you. I always say Bigfoot can't find you sitting home watching TV. You know, yep, you got to get absolutely. out there. <laughs> Boots on the ground, you know, you got to get out there. You got to put yourself out there. And I'm enjoying what I do. I love oh, being yeah. out there in the woods. And if I don't see one, I mean, it's going to be sad, but I'm not going to, you know, lose any sleep over it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've heard from people that said they've been, been involved with Bigfoot research, exploring, looking for Bigfoot for 50 years and maybe only had one experience out of all those 50 years. Well, you know? I mean, and I get to thinking, I said, you know, Back in 2014, I had a small group. We all shared an encounter together, and I'll never forget it, you know. And then 2015, I was camping by myself. No one else was around. 
I didn't see nothing, but something very large and heavy and bipedal was just inside the tree line that walked away from me after I threw my spotlight over in that direction. I wish I did see it, but then again, hearing what I heard was no mistake. It was no doubt. It was bipedal. Like you could hear every step as it took, you know, and, you know, it had me on edge. It had me freaked out a little bit. My heart was thumping up in my chest as I was walking back towards my camp, you know, because, uh, you know, so, so, you know, stuff like that, those might be the only major experiences I, I'll ever have, you know, now, yeah, I've, I've had a big rock thrown at me, uh, in a whole different area, you know, but, uh, you know, some of these minor experiences here, you know, who knows, I may never experience anything again, you know, but, um, but, you know, that's the thing, you know, if you have want a chance of experience something, yeah, you just got to, Find a time, dedicate yourself, and, you know, get out there, you know. And I guess they'll help you being that you're retired because, you know, I've always told myself when I retire, I think, you know, if, if my health is still good, I'm going to get out there as much as I can. But, you know, so, I mean, but me and my girlfriend, you know, you know, that's one thing she's already talked about. And, I, I mean, I, you know, as far as traveling, like you mentioned, I said, yeah, I'm all for it. And I said, if we could afford to do it, I said, that. Kids are growing up, you know, she's got four little ones, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, we could either try to find a, buy a house or just buy one of those big RVs and live in that, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can get a little travel trailer so we can go around, you know, and she just wants to see the United yeah. States. And I said, I'll, I'll go with you. <laughs> so I'll go, I'll go, I'll go looking for Bigfoot <laughs> and you can sit at the trailer and read your books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I told my girlfriend, I said, you know, those big giant RVs, those big bus RVs, they're, you could buy a house cheaper than them. You know, I said, <laughs> I said, let's buy a house and just buy, you get a good dependable vehicle to travel in. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, she likes to camp too. I mean, she definitely wants to get out there, do some more camping, you know. So um, I'm planning on doing some camping here in May, you know, for about a week. You know, I'll take some time off and do some camping because May is up here in Virginia is usually a good, you know, prime time to be out in the woods. Um, you know, as far as when a lot of nature's, you know, move around, wildlife move around. Because uh, back in 2014, uh, that was like when we had our experience. It was May 3rd of 2014, and uh, which was very interesting. So, um, you know, if you ever make it up to Virginia, if you ever plan to visit up this way, you know, let me know. <laughs> I'll definitely take you out if you guys want to do some exploring up here. Hey, I love you know. people up there. Um, I, yeah, I live in yeah, I live in the western part of Virginia. I'm in the Shenandoah Valley area, and uh, and I'm you know, I'm pretty close to the mountains up here. So I mean, the over where my parents are, they they live about twenty twenty five minutes east of me. Of course, my parents got this, you know, the Blue Ridge Mountains right there in their backyard, you know, and, you know, where I'm at, if I drive another 30 miles, you know, about 30 minutes west, you know, I'm in the National Forest and and you got all those mountains and then you got, you know, the Alleghenies are not far from there, you know, because, you know, uh, West Virginia is not far from where I'm at. So, but um, it's it's quite the event. I've had quite the adventure so far exploring the area up here. You know, I know those woods so well. I mean, and that's why I've started taking people out. Cause, you know, I was like, 
I, over the years, I have come across tracks. I, I got a collection of tracks I have cast. They're actually sitting in my father's garage. I got one one or two here at my house, but but most of my collections sit in my father's garage, you know, because when people come over, dad likes to show them, you know, dad will start telling people about me, and he said, well, look at his collection right here, yeah. <laughs> you know. So um, he's even fascinated the mailman, you know. There's a mailman. And, uh, well, there used to be a uh, young guy that used to deliver the mail. Now it's a young girl. And uh, Dad said the girl saw the Bigfoot statue in my parents' front, in front of the house. It's actually mine. I, I, Dad let me put it there. And uh, I guess the, when the mail lady was delivering something, she, like, kind of got excited when she saw the Bigfoot statue. <laughs> it's like, you know, so that's that kind of opened up the conversation, for uh, you know, for Dad to start talking to her about Bigfoot and, you know, and dad gave her one of my cards, you know, because I have cards made up with my name and information. And, and uh, I used to pass them out and put them out everywhere. And that's actually how I have I put myself out there like that. You know, you'll get people that say, hey, this guy looks for Bigfoot. I got to tell him about what I saw, you know. So and I've had people do that. So and, uh, you know, I've I've li- collected a lot of different uh, reports over the years in and I've pinpointed, I documented where these people are having these sightings, you know. Some of them are spread out, but some of them are almost in a pattern, you know. But, you know, meanwhile, my main area, I'm going to stay focused out there in, in the woods where I've been going because I know what I've experienced out there. I know what I've found out there. And that's just my main area. Um, you know, it's a very large area, but I have it broken up into what I call zones, you know. So, but... uh I just have a habit of staying in one particular area because it's been producing, you know, over the years. And, and I just feel like if I, if, if I stay focused in one general area, if they're long as I stay, that area is going to stay active. I just feel it's just a matter of time. I'm going to maybe either get a a better experience uh, or another experience period, or perhaps maybe even capture something on film, you know, um, and, you know, even if I do capture something on film, uh, I'm sure I'll share it. But then again, I'm going to prepare myself, you know, for all the negativity because you know, there's stuff that's put out there that's questionable. And some things, you know, people put out there are obvious hoaxes, you know, but there's people that believe that stuff. But I've seen the, I've seen the comments from other people. and I've seen comments from people on videos where I was like, wait a minute, that could be real. Why are they dismissing that as, oh, the arms are too short. It's not long <laughs> enough. We don't know. All, Bigfoots could have short arms here and there. They could have long arms here and there. I mean, there's a lot about Bigfoot we don't know. I mean, there's really, I mean, I mean, I think everybody bases their opinion of a big, Bigfoot is from the 1967 footage from Roger Patterson yeah. and Bob Gimlin. I think that they kind of set the, set the bar kind of high. But, so... So I don't know, because you know that film cannot be debunked. But so, I don't know. Just plus years. I don't know why people vote. Oh yeah. Just, yeah, I mean. I'll tell anybody can say that's fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, they put a lot of work into that. They definitely have put a lot of work into that. Um, but you know, you know, people have their own opinion about Bigfoot. You know, I do believe they look different, you know, based off of where they adapted to, where they live in 
based on their diet and everything else, you know. I mean, down in Florida, you got the skunk ape, you know. They're, and they're described, you know, to be a little bit – they have different features compared to the rest of the features in the United States, you know, from what you hear in different areas out west. The ones – I don't think the ones in – I don't What's think that? the ones in Texas are as big as the ones up north, you know, the up north, we've got mountains to climb and stuff like that. Down here, it stays hot. They don't have mountains to climb, so they need to, I think they're, they're, you know, six, seven feet, eight feet tall at the most, I think. I don't think they get much bigger than that. But the ones up north, like I say, y'all got all that snow. Yeah. and They need to be healthier, you know, and bigger and climbing up mountains and stuff. We don't have all that stuff down here, so uh, they, they look different, I do believe. Well, yeah. Now, you know, based off of uh, well, from based off of my observation on the encounter we had in 2014, and then hearing other reports, uh, most of them average. The biggest I've heard was probably eight feet tall. Uh, most of them average between six to seven feet. You know, but um, yeah, a number of reports I hear that people are estimating or saying or describing around eight feet tall. So I haven't heard anything bigger than that here, just here in Virginia, um, you know. So you know, taking people's word for their estimation, you know, that's all you can really go by, you know, unless I got to see each each one they saw, you know. Um, but you know, as far as one of the um, sightings I went to investigate, it was you know, for example, this uh, this lady, her and her daughter were driving up the mountain. They actually took me to the very location where they saw it saw the Bigfoot on the side of the, you know, it was in the woods, just on the edge of the woods, overlooking the road, going up the mountain. And she brought me to the same spot, pointed at the tree where it was standing at. And, uh, I said, okay. I said, well, let me get up there. Let me climb that embankment and get up on that, you know, slope. I'll stand right next to that tree, you know, and she had me get on the side where she said it was standing at. And she said, I look tiny compared to that. But, you know, she said it was easily a good two feet bigger than me. I'm six foot. And it was easily a good two feet taller than me and a whole lot wider, you know. I said, that was pretty massive. I said, because she said she couldn't believe it when she was driving up the hill, you know, the, the road going up the mountain. And the, keep in mind, there was other traffic there, too. But she was driving, and she was, like, mesmerized at what she was staring at. She uh, And as she was doing this, she she tapped on her daughter's leg to make her look up and to see it too. And she was actually almost started to drive off the road. She kept staring at it too long, you know? And, uh, so she, apparently she had a good look at it cause she rode up. She went, uh, after they saw it, they rode all the way up and found a spot to turn around and come back down to look again. And it was gone at that point. So, you know, but stuff like that, you know, I feel is pretty incredible. You know, at the same time, sometimes you got to take this information with a grain of salt, you know. But you know, then then you know the thing is, I I want I tend to believe her based off of other reports I've heard just south of this location, and um, so you know. But uh, I don't know. It's I know there's Bigfoot here in Virginia, and I know Bigfoot exists, you know. So, and uh, but that's me though but yeah like the more you put yourself out there you know like hey uh you know i'm joe pass i uh you know i go out exploring looking for wildlife and bigfoot science you know 
you know, then the word, the word will get around, you know, like even if you, you get some little simple cards made up and I leave them in random places, I, the 7-Eleven up the road for me when I go to work, <laughs> I'll leave a small, I'll leave some on the counter right there and, you know, and, uh, but you just never know. <laughs> when we go out, but, uh, I don't go out like I'm hunting Bigfoot. I'm going out hunting like I'm a camper. Right. I don't want to put any kind of pressure on if there is a Bigfoot there, I don't want to put pressure on him. I, I don't go in camo. I mean, I do wear some camo, but I don't want to go camo out like a ghillie suit because what's walking around out in the woods with camo on? I'm hunting, you know? And if a Bigfoot sees somebody on camo like this, they're going to think it's a hunter right. and they got a gun and I think they're just going to scat. We just go out there like we're like bird watching or deer watching, you know, and just have fun. And, you know, sometimes Kenny brings the guitar and sings and we sit around the campfire and, we just walk like we're hiking and having fun. We don't act like we're hunting Bigfoot, you know? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, like a couple months ago, uh, we had a good group just get together out here. You know, we met up in one of the spots to camp out. And the whole point of the get together was basically everybody get together and share stories around the campfire at night. And, uh you know, and we had one of the guys that was with us, Chris Allen. He uh, he was playing some music, and he did that for a good while before it got dark. And uh, you know, from him playing that music, and then we all gathered together around the campfire and started talking, and people started sharing stories, and you know, swapping information, and um, we actually did get some activity that night. It was totally unexpected because, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, we were out in the middle of the woods, but still, you know, it was just, you know, it was cool because we started hearing little things. And then all of a sudden, while we were, everybody was gathered around the campfire, somewhere up behind us where the river was, we hear this big crash. I mean, everyone described it as a crash. The way I heard it, it sounded like a big crash with a splash you know what i mean <laughs> so like something might have got thrown into the river you know but um you know that got a lot of our attention you know but then that's when a couple of us started walking around and uh we started pulling out the flur you know because a couple of us had thermal flurs you know oh, excuse me and then uh didn't see nothing you know and then me, uh, there's one guy, Justin, he's an independent film director. He came out there to do some filming for a documentary we're working on. And uh, it was me, him, and then my girlfriend, uh, her two boys came uh, walking along with us. We went up across from camp, and we started walking into the woods a little ways, looking over there. And while we were over there, and he was filming too, we heard this scream. Well, more of a howl, but it was like a, it was very interesting well we all heard it we all pretty much did an about face and like oh whoa you guys hear that and the kids were excited because they heard it too and i was like quiet quiet <laughs> you know it's like we wanted to listen to see if it, we got more but um but surprisingly justin didn't pick it up on camera of course he didn't it didn't pick up as strong as you know the way we heard it but you could still hear it from what he uh you know from what he picked up he he actually put that little bit uh he I'll have to send you the uh, send you the link. He he did a little a little teaser video, you know of it. Yes, so, I did. Uh, but uh, that was some of the activity we got that night. So, <laughs> but so uh, I don't know. 
yeah, he wants to get out there again at night. I'm trying to get him. He lives up in Northern Virginia. And I was like, I'm trying to get him to come down here. I said, I said, let me know a weekend you're coming down. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'm free for that weekend. And I'll say, I'll take you out there. We'll spend, you know, we'll, we'll go out there at night and hang out, you know, cause I told him that's the best thing to do is get there before it gets nighttime. So we can get settled in there and, you know, you know, either we're going to sit there relax or, you know, because that's what I told me, you know, so most of the time, if you're going to hear stuff like this, it's usually when you're not doing nothing. <laughs> but um, when but we, we go, had to get away from the group. The week huh? because, because that way, oh, yeah. you know, people are going to get up in the morning, go to work or go to school. I got something to do the next morning. So most of the time, they're not going to be out in the woods at one o'clock in the morning. So we try to eliminate as much as we can of people trying to hoax us. And going during the week is the best way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very smart. And yeah, absolutely. Keith's place up yeah. in Oklahoma. I told him right off the bat. I said, "We both carry guns. We both have guns. We're gonna have guns with us." I said, "It wouldn't be advised if anybody come down close to us trying to scare us or hoax us or do anything." I said, "Because I'm not scared to shoot." <laughs> so, and he's. And, <laughs> Like I said, there's 3,000 acres up there, and he lives about a mile from where we camped, and he's got a bad hip. And where we camped that we camped right on the road, and it was the only road going back up there into the woods when we heard those tree knocks. And those tree knocks, I, they will ever, forever live in my life because we that, that was the first night we ever been up there, and we heard those tree knocks. And, I mean, it, there was 10 tree knocks in a row. Well, there was four tree knocks. I mean, big, heavy, whatever it was, was strong because whatever it was was hitting this tree was like, it was about less than 100 yards from us, and it was hitting this tree. It did four swings, real slow swings, and then paused for a few minutes. I'm not a few minutes, but a few seconds, and then did four more, paused for, for a few seconds, and then did two more. And all this time, Kenny's had his recorder in his hand, and he's trying to figure out how to get that button to turn back on to record that. And we, we didn't get nothing on tape or anything. So I learned right there. It's something you learn right there that oh. always be recording. Always be ready to record. So I, right. And that's the same day Absolutely. we heard. Kenny heard like nine footsteps running, giant heavy footsteps. Never did see it because it was running through this big old thick brush. And he was putting out a trail cam down behind our tent. And he come back and didn't tell me nothing about it. So I jumped in the side-by-side and was going to go pick up some firewood. And it, the sun had just went down, and I come across almost to this creek, and I stopped and picked up some firewood. And I picked up a piece of cedar, and I broke it in two, and I heard these three big, heavy-ass steps and it scared the crap out of me. And all I had was this little old bitty, those little, like, mag flashlights. I shined it off the wood. And I didn't see nothing. Right. And I felt like this thing had started walking off, but then stopped and turned around and looked at me. I jumped back in that side-by-side, and I guarantee you one thing, nobody said that side-by-side going as fast as I did. <laughs> and I got, back up, I got back up to camp. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and Kenny said, what's wrong? Man? What's wrong? I, I told myself, I heard these footsteps down there. And he goes, man, that's crazy because when I put up that trail cam, he says, I heard nine footsteps and something crashing through the woods. 
And what it, what we think was it whatever it was Holy was going God. down that creek was checking us out where we had camp at, and it walked down our the creek behind us, and the creek went down and crossed the road down where I was. So we think it was the same Bigfoot that walked down that creek, and it was the same Bigfoot that I encountered. Now I can't say it was a Bigfoot because I didn't see it, but what I think was a Bigfoot, you know. No. Now, how how far apart were you guys when you experienced that and he heard what he heard? He was about how far apart were you 40 guys? Forty yards behind where we camped at, and I when he came back, I went down the trail. Okay, and I probably went 60, 70 yards down. They had it's no logging road, so I went about six to seven yards down the logging road, and I stopped him when I broke that signal limit. When it started, it sounded like it started walking away from me, so. We figured it was the same wow. one, whatever it was, made that noise. We figured it was the same one. And then That's pretty that interesting. Night, it, uh, everything was really quiet. A... And so I said, well, you know, let's see if I can't stir up some coyotes. You know? So I'm just going to go up there and yell real loud, you know. I did a big go woo, you know, like a big old woo, you know. And sure enough, the coyotes were busting out. And, right. you know, a few minutes later, <laughs> they calmed down, and then about 10 minutes later, this is what was, where it gets creepy, because something hollered, almost it sounded almost exactly like what I did, about 30, 40 yards from us to the southwest of us, and the coyotes start busting out again, and then about 30 minutes later after the coyotes calmed down is when we heard the big tree knocks. We didn't sleep the rest of the night, but that Wow. <laughs> Oh man, I would have been excited as crap though. I mean, yeah, being close like that, you're out there in the middle of nowhere. I mean, yeah, I would have been on edge too. Yeah, I guess trying to figure out what it was. Man, trying to debunk it. And we, the only thing we come up is either a person man. or a bigfoot, because it had to have hands to swing that tree limb like that. Yeah. Right. Now. Just, uh, I'm trying to get a general uh, picture of the area. It was it pretty well. Uh, I mean, was this like a, a forest, like a, yeah, wood, a well wooded area? Acres. He's got three thousand acres there, but right next door to it is the Tallahanna State Park and the Kaimichi Mountains. And like I say, about 25, mm. 30 miles southeast of there is Hanovi, where you know they had the Bigfoot Conference and. The area X is what they call it. And, I mean, there's just been hundreds and hundreds. In LaFleur County, Oklahoma, there's been hundreds of Bigfoot sightings down through there. And that's why we went back up there before. A friend of Keith, the guy that owns the land, actually had a sighting uh, right about four miles from his house. And we went back up there. This is my whole uh, Bigfoot back in Oklahoma videos about. We went back up there to talk to that guy. But when we got up there... He had changed his mind. He didn't want to be on camera, and he didn't want us to use his name. So, you know, I don't blame, no. him. I don't blame him. But he told Man. Keith the whole story, and Keith told it to us. He showed us where it was. And I go up there to where it was, and I actually go up there where he says he's seen the big people walk across the pasture, and I go out there and have it filmed, and I walk across for he said the Bigfoot walked across. I'll do a reenactment of it. Oh, okay. 
Man. Now this is all uh, this is all in Texas, right? Or Oklahoma. Oklahoma, okay. Southeast Oklahoma. That's pretty cool. That area. Huh. Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's where um like I said, I don't know what part where Brian and Shane go into. Uh, what areas they work with. Yes. Yeah. Oh, in that area? Oh, wow. Because, uh, yeah, they've... See, that they're kind of... Yeah, with, a, with their tracks that they have come across... Uh, yeah, they come across some pretty fascinating tracks the over there. So. But, yeah, that the might be an area to really... All the way into Arkansas. And there's lots of Bigfoot in Arkansas, too. And... Ah. Right below the Washita the Washita Mountains, probably fifty miles is Falk, Arkansas. And you know what Falk, Arkansas is famous for? Legend of Boggy Creek. Oh the oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was believed correct me if I'm wrong, uh wasn't that's the one that was known for yes, to be yeah, a three toed Bigfoot, Bigfoot, wasn't yes. it? So Interesting. That whole area right in there, in southeastern huh. Oklahoma, uh, southwestern Arkansas, and kind of northeastern Texas, you know, because Texas at, at uh, Jefferson, that's where they have the Bigfoot Conference and Je or Texas Bigfoot Conference. And I've made videos down there. That's where, at Sabine River Bombs is where I found the footprint. And that's in East Texas. Huh. Oh. So wow. all the area right in there, that's pretty one cool. Of these four states right there is known for Bigfoot. Louisiana, Oklahoma, Texas. Man, man, if I could, yeah, if I could ever afford to come down that way, I would definitely like. I would definitely plan, you know, plan a time to come down there, and yeah, I would definitely love to explore and you know, stake it out down there. We've been to that one spot you know, three times. We've been to that one spot three times. Maybe you all camp three times we've had activity. Wow. That's pretty good. Bigfoot, but we've been up there every yeah, three next time, time we've heard something. Huh. It, by any chance, um, would you have to? Do you own or does uh, do you own a thermal know. floor by any chance? I'm gonna have to take out a, a mortgage on my house to buy one of those. Oh well, you know they got a like the one I got. It's a it's called the TK Scout floor. Um, those ones there that you can view up to a hundred yards on them. They're um, yeah, that one there is oh, about not, around five hundred dollars. Is so. that like the monocular one, just the one high thing, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a handheld monocular one, and it has a different. Uh, you can change the different uh, temperature, color, temperature settings, and in uh, they either you could take either uh, you could do pictures, you could snap pictures, or the or if you hold it down. The, the the picture button. If you hold it down, it'll go into record mode. And uh, so, if you record anything, yeah, it has a there's a USB port 
the same one that you use to charge it up with. You, you can take your USB port and plug it into a computer, and you can pull up. Yeah, everything is stored inside. Because some of those, I think, might take an SD card. I don't know. But the one I have, it stores any pictures or videos you take. It has its own uh, built-in internal storage. So you could just hook it up to a computer and, and pull up uh, images that way. So and then save them and all that. But, um, I still have yet to plan on, you know, I've only played around with mine a little bit, but I should test mine out to make sure I could still, you know, make sure I know how to do that one day, but just for the heck of it. So, but, um, yeah, like I said, a T it's a TK scout. Um, like I said, they're only about five, about 500 bucks. Um, yeah, I don't know if the prices drop down on them or not, but you can check them out. Probably go on Amazon. You might be able to get a good deal, you know. But uh, yeah, my first floor I ever owned was uh, the kind that you uh, they make the they're called the Floor One. Uh, they're made to hook to a, a either an Android or a, uh, iPhone, and I had the one for the Android. You know, those there were like what two hundred dollars, I think, one hundred and fifty, no, one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. And they worked okay, you know. You could, you know, they're good for about maybe up to maybe fifty yards, but you know, the quality of them was okay to me. It seemed like it, that was more of a, like a kid's toy, though. But they did okay. But the TK Scout, I'm actually pretty impressed with it. I, I've, I've just ex uh, experimented with that, you know, out in the woods quite a few times. And uh, there was one day I played around with it. I had my father walk across the forest road. I said, Dad, walk across the road. I want to see what this looks like. I said, man. I said, this is pretty good. It, it, if there's a, if there's a, you know, anything on it, if you pick up an a animal, person, whatever it is, you're definitely going to make out the, the solid shape of them. There's, yeah. They do work pretty good. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, Maybe uh, after we get off here, I'll, I'll send you a link to one if you want to check it out, and you know maybe for you know maybe for a future investment, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, yeah, like you know because you know I'm pretty simple. You know I got, you know I don't have a lot of gizmos, gadgets. I got my I got my trail cameras. I got my TK Scout Fleur. Um, I got I do got a night vision device, a couple of them, but my I got a real good one. Um, I've had from. I've had that one for a long time now. Um, but my uh, audio recorders, I have a simple uh, Olympus audio recorder. It works great, you know, as long as it's got a good fresh set of batteries in it, you know. Um, and I've been impressed with that thing. That thing, is my digital audio recorder, I bought that at, like, a, you can get them at Walmart or Target. And they're about 35 40 bucks. And, uh, and I picked up a lot of audio on that, you know. Um, like different howls and stuff, even in the far distance, it it'll pick it up. You know, it picks up everything out there. So, but uh, they're you know they're simple. They're not fancy. They're not fancy at all. But I, I don't have real expensive stuff. But but when I do, you know, I play around with stuff and experiment. You know, so maybe one of these days I'll capture yeah, something on one get, of those devices. You got to <laughs> be out there to do it though. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, since I've been getting my grandson on the weekends, I've been kind of sacrificing extra time, you know, between hanging, you know, spending time with my grandson and, 
you know, going going to my girlfriend's on the weekend because it's pretty much the only time I really get to hang out with any of them is on the weekends, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, I do plan on getting out there and start making more time, be out there doing doing more field videos because I used to do I used to post a lot of field videos and it's been a while because if you go on my YouTube channel, you if you go through unless you click on videos itself and go through. You know, you'll see a lot of my uh, podcasts. I have a lot of video podcasts on there with, you know, and but then you got to go down. I have a lot of videos on there because, uh, you know, I have a lot of my old field videos on there. If you go explore through there, but, uh, yeah. But uh, now, yeah, now you said you have a YouTube channel. The What's Cowboy. the name of your YouTube channel? The Squatching Cowboy. Okay. So yeah, for future listeners of this here, go check out and subscribe to the Squatching the Squatching Cowboy. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you what, well, um, Joe, we're gonna go ahead and get ready to close this up. But uh, before we do so, uh, is there anything else that you want to uh, throw out there I'd or say share? My, my part two of my Back to Oklahoma video comes out in the morning, and uh, my first one came out. I put out Friday, and uh, it's amazing how I've already got over a thousand views on it. So I'm going to be doing something. Like it. <laughs> That's pretty uh, awesome. Just go check out my channel and, and binge watch all my videos. I've probably got 80 something videos now, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't counted them all. Nice. I try to go out once or twice <laughs> a month and I, I try to cut my videos down to like 15 or 20 minutes and make like four of them. Because, I don't know, it, it seems like right. you put a two-hour video on there, halfway through, people are going, you know, oh, I'm going to watch something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, I know, like, I do short segments. When I when I do my field videos, you know, I feel that, you know, I'll do several video clips you know, with my camcorder, and then when I go to upload it all on my laptop, um, you know, because you could take all those video clips and merge them together and make one movie out of, you know, and usually by the time you get done, mine usually average between anywhere from yeah. 25 to 40 and minutes, I, you know. So That's why I'm, this video is you know, eight-part video. All, I was up there for four days, and, you know, I probably had – 40 hours of video that I edited down to two hours. So. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. They're both that's actually, down to, I think that's you know, smart. Some of them are, I got some of them there are 16 minutes. I got one of them is 30 minutes, you know, because that's how long the video, I didn't want to break the video up, you know, and start again another one, you know. So I just let it play. Some are 15, 16, 20, 30 minutes. But I just don't want to put out a two-hour video, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I've noticed sometimes if you watch them, like even on my videos, if I have like real long videos, you can tell where people there's, there's an area where you can tell how long people watch a video for, you know. So a lot of people watch these videos in their spare time or something, or you know. You know, a lot of people like to watch stuff when they're at work on the break, or whatever, and they don't have time to watch the whole thing. You know, <laughs> so, but um, absolutely. So yeah, that yeah, that's smart. Uh, 
you know, that's one thing, like, I know with uh, other podcasts and stuff, like, you know, even when we do our video podcast, when I have other panel members and we get into discussions, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, guys, let's try to keep it about an hour, hour and a half, you know, because I said, we, you know, because there's been times we've gone two to three hours in a podcast. I was like, and I said, you know, it's one thing, you know, you got people that you got steady viewers watching, but then, you know, other people, they, they're not going to want to sit and watch a whole podcast, you know. And, you know, some of them will listen to so much each day till they finish it, which is, you know, which is, that's yeah. cool, you know. So, <laughs> but, um, so, but I tell you what, Joe, um, you know, definitely would like to have you on here again here, uh, you know, especially uh, when I get my other panel members. I, I just wanted to do um, a do a one on one. I thought it'd be a lot, you know, a lot easier to do a one on one. But, um, but you know, in other podcasts and stuff we do, sometimes we do uh, we do open discussions. So we talk about different things and discuss, and everybody shares their input on it. Um, you know, and if there's something you have an experience in, you know, you could definitely share that, you know, um, if that's something you would be interested in doing, uh, you know, one, another time, um, cause most of the time our main podcasts, we usually hold them on Friday nights at nine o'clock at night, you know, Fridays at nine. Um, and there's been, sometimes we do a lot, we'll do it on a Saturday night, but, uh, Friday nights is our primary time our, our prime time to do them. So maybe in the future, if you're ever interested in joining in, uh, just do an open discussion, you know, with me and a couple others, you know, uh, you might like that. Yeah, you know? sounds good. So, but, uh, oh, yeah. But uh, meanwhile, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, cl- close this up here. And uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on. I, I really thank enjoyed uh, chatting with you tonight. So, uh, and. And this will be available on Facebook. I'll share it on my timeline. And, I'm, and I have the uh, ECBRO Bigfoot Radio Facebook page as well. That's the first place I'll share this to. So, uh, and uh, for future listeners too, uh, yeah, check out the Squatching Cowboy on YouTube. Uh, you can check out the ECBRO's uh, main YouTube channel, which is uh, called Bigfoot Zone with ECBRO in parentheses. And uh, check out our Facebook page for this radio show, EC Bureau Bigfoot Radio. And uh, follow us on Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and uh, much more. And, um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for listening. And before, be sure to share this around and spread the word. You guys have a good night. And keep good it squatchy. And we're out, Joe. Yeah, you, you do. It gives you the opportunity to meet a lot of people. Well, it sure does. You never know what's going to happen. You know, I was in line at uh, Burke.